Hello, and welcome to the 10th episode in Season 2 of the Personal Finance Podcast. Please be sure to follow the Personal Finance Podcast Instagram at Personal Finance Podcast AD as well. You can also follow the Twitter page for updates at Personal Finance on Twitter. Alright, now let's get into today's episode. In today's episode, we will be talking about mortgages. Now, today's episode is special because I was able to get a guest on this podcast episode. Today, I have Vince Gaetano with me. He is a mortgage broker and mortgage professional. Now, for those of you who don't know Vince, he has worked in the mortgage industry since 1989. In his early years, Vince worked with two major chartered banks managing their mortgage portfolios and developing new innovative variable mortgage products. Previously, he also provided unbiased information to thousands of clients and personal viewers on hot property since 2002. He has also been interviewed regularly on CTV's The National, CBC News World, CBC Radio, and is regularly quoted in the Globe and Mail and National Post on mortgage-related topics, and is assisted in home buying features for Money Sense Magazine and Reader's Digest. Vince is able to assist you along with his personalized, experienced team with your personal mortgage needs as well. I'm also happy that I was able to get a guest on my podcast to provide you, my listeners, with a greater value of information. Okay, now before we welcome the guest, let's briefly talk about what a mortgage is. A mortgage is a type of loan often used to buy a home or other property. A mortgage allows the lender to take possession of the property if you don't repay the loan on time. Now, normally this is discussed within the contract once the mortgage holder is signing it. The property is the security of the for the loan. Enjoy the episode. All right, so now let's welcome Vince into the conversation. Hello, Vince. How are you doing? How are you doing, Yash? Everything going okay? Yep, it's going good. Okay, so let's begin by talking about mortgages now. So I first wanted to ask you about how do first-time home buyers qualify for a home? Okay, well, th- this is always a, a, an interesting question because you have to have to, you really have to understand and get an understanding of what will be required to qualify. You know, first of all, you and your partner need to understand where your credit score is, what your credit score looks like. You'd be surprised how many couples don't know each other's credit score. And it becomes a big surprise once you're getting qualified. You know, so you got to check your credit history, make sure it's correct, especially if you have a common name. It's very common to see somebody else's information on your bureau if um, you're not checking your credit bureau annually. It, It does happen. You know, you have to calculate your current debts and your monthly payment obligations. Always important to know what obligations you have every month because the lender is going to need to know to qualify you for your uh, mortgage. And you have to gather your income details. You know, if you're self-employed, try to collect the last two years um, tax returns, your notice of assessments. Lenders want to make sure that your taxes are up to date and there's no arrears. This is really important. If you're employed or on contract, make sure you have your contract with you. Um, get your pay stubs, your, your year end tax slips are really important because that will include bonuses that you would get during the year. The lender wants to know what your income level is to calculate how much you qualify. And then you have to assess how much of a down payment is available to you, including family gifts. Okay, so it's really important you gather all this information and then you speak to a mortgage professional and they will provide you a few options for pre-qualification. Okay, thanks for that great information. Now, I wanted to ask you about how 
there's a mortgage pre-approval process work. Now in this market, uh, many real estate agents and mortgage professionals as well, they're saying that you should be pre-qualified before. So I just wanted you to speak about that. Okay, first of all, let's understand what a mortgage pre-approval is. It's more than just an estimate, okay? It's an offer by a lender to loan you a certain amount of money under specific terms, okay? So when you go through a pre-approval process, it's important to, to be ready to provide the details about your employment, about your income, your debt load, and your financial uh, history, which is your credit bureau. These items are critical for a lender to determine how much of a pre-approved mortgage you qualify for. Now, it's important to know that it's not a guarantee that you're gonna qualify for the home because it's subject to certain conditions. And the one variable that you don't have, Yash, is the property because you haven't bought it yet. So what realtors wanna know is they want to understand that you're able to qualify for a mortgage amount subject to the property meeting the requirements of the lender. Now, what do lenders want to avoid? They want to avoid properties that are under duress. So like a fixer upper, they don't want to get involved in that. They don't want to get into a previous grow up, which may have some mold problems and some ventilation issues or was previously involved in, in, you know, in illegal activity because these are all um, red flagged. Uh, by the police departments, local municipalities as grow ops and, you know, they're flagged and they're tough to finance. But where we're running into problems in this marketplace, Yash, is these bidding wars. Yeah. You want to make sure that the appraisal comes in at the value you paid. And what we're seeing today is we're seeing a number of situations where people get qualified for the mortgage but they've overpaid on the home because they're, they're so eager to win that bidding war. So they're overpaying and it's not uh, appraising at the level that they needed to. So clients are having to make up the difference or the shortfall that the lender would provide them in the form of a mortgage. So hopefully that's a, um, you know, a, 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 a synopsis of what a pre-approval does. Now, what other things people should consider when getting pre-approved and when they're in the home buying process is make sure you don't go out and buy buy something new like i always tell people when they're getting pre-approved you've got qualified for a certain amount don't go out and buy a car and have a new debt obligation because i now have to notify the lender and let them know that oh you know there's another six hundred dollar payment a month for that car or that lease we have to now recalculate to see if you still qualify Make sure you don't change employment. If you, you know, if, if you, if you're on probation, that could be a problem. If your down payment is in the stock market and you're and you're relying on that down payment to buy a home, what happens if there's a market correction? If you're in the process of buying a home, you may want to liquidate those assets and put them in something a little bit more safe, so there's no market volatility that could impact your down payment. We've seen situations like this happen where. People are expecting to have $120,000, $150,000 down payment and a market correction wipes out 20, 30% of it. And all of a sudden they're short. These things can happen. So when you're going through this process, you really have to make sure you're prepared. You have all your ducks in a row and you're not going to be experiencing any surprises. 
Yeah, no, I wanted to say that for a pre-approval, so someone in this market, as prices are increasing, they would need to show a higher amount of income in order to get a pre-approval for like a semi-detached or a detached if they're looking for a big space, right? Well, it all depends on price. Yeah, it's yeah. not the property type. You know, uh, the, the rule of thumb is your mortgage amount is probably going to be about four and a half to five times your income amount. Okay, that's the rule of thumb. Now, if you're buying a condo, the condo fees got to be reasonable. The property taxes have to be reasonable. If you're paying an, an exorbitant amount of, of condo fees or property taxes, it's going to impact how much you qualify on the mortgage. Now, in Canada, as you know, there's a, a stress test. That stress test is being calculated at 4.79%. So it's a buffer to what your contract rate will be. Okay. The, People are going to be in variables and fixed rates that range anywhere from 1.5 to 2.04% relatively, depending if it's fixed or variable. You're actually qualifying at 4.79. So there's a, there's a significant buffer there just in case rates do go up down the road. Okay? Okay. So, um, you know, there's even uh, some some speculation that OSFI wants to increase the qualifying rate. Which just was announced last week. So we'll see how that pl uh, plays out. But they're definitely making it harder for people to qualify for mortgages. Okay, so I wanted to ask you, what ways do you think that the government could cool down the housing market, possibly to make it more affordable for first-time homebuyers? Well, I, I think government intervention uh, with with qualifying criteria is wrong. I, I don't believe that they can really play around with that because people are just going to find other ways to qualify. I think the real issue is supply. Okay, we don't have enough homes. And, you know, the municipal, provincial and federal governments are not aligned, they're not talking to each other. And they have to do more of that if they really want to tackle this problem. You know, you have the federal government that's promoting immigration, which I think is fantastic for the economy. But then you have provincial municipal level governments that are not providing the housing supply that's necessary. The amount of red tape and government bureaucracy involved to develop property in the GTA, for example, is ridiculous. You have the greenbelt provisions that are preventing people from building out or developers from building out. And in, instead, they're having to build up. So there's been a flurry of condo activities uh, that that's basically spread across the GTA. But the problem is government is, is not dictating what type of properties to be built in these condos. 70, 75% of these units are, are 500 square feet or less. They're one bedrooms or less. Yeah. They do not accommodate families. So, you know, when you have 1.2 million people forecasted to land on, on the shores of Canada in the next three years, a third of them land in GTA. And where are they going to live? That's the problem. That is going to continue to cause inflationary pressure on real estate. And, you know, I'll give you this stat. I, I've been talking about this stat for the last little while. But in the last four years, from 2017 to 2020, there have only been 38,100 low-rise homes built in GTA. Yeah, I've heard you talking about that. 
Okay? So when you think of that, low rises, detached, semi, row houses, stacked townhomes, and townhomes. There's only 38,100 built in GTA. That's less than 10,000 a year. And now we don't have that demographic, those seniors that are supposed to be selling off their homes and moving into retirement homes. They're not selling anymore because they're afraid to go into a retirement home, assisted living, long-term care facilities because of COVID. So now you have a whole segment that isn't selling. What does that mean? Like this is, this is the, the dilemma these governments have is how do you put a stop to the pressure of people wanting more space, wanting homes, and there's not enough of them? It's going to drive prices up. And I don't know if the government could do anything about it because it's a supply and demand issue. Yeah. Okay. The only thing they can do is build more houses, but it takes them forever to do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So thanks for your insight on that question. Um, now I wanted to ask you about, do you think that rates will go up in the future, which may again cause a crash or a correction in the market possibly? Like if the rates went up, then some people wouldn't be able to make their payments if also the prices are already high? You know, over the past year, uh, I'll answer this in two questions. I'll talk about the current marketplace. And over the last year, we've seen a number of people struggle because of COVID. And, you know, there was the mortgage payment deferral that the government helped out for six months, which gave people a break. And one of the things that was uh, really interesting about this, the, this real problem, this economic problem, is that people saved money during COVID in record numbers and people's homes went up. So anybody that struggled to make their payments on their property saw the equity in their home go up which is really strange. So it provided opportunity for them to find temporary financing in the form of second mortgages, refinancing to an alternative lender that's gonna give them a break for a year or two, right? So as much as people struggled, they didn't have uh, an urgency to have to sell, okay? And if they did yeah. sell, they, they gained so much equity during this process that they actually won. Right. So yeah, yeah. A really interesting dynamic that took place and uh, one that we got to keep an eye on. Now, as far as interest rates are concerned, I look at things from a 35,000 foot level. You have so much stimulus that the government's put out. The government does have some influence over the Bank of Canada to a degree. They say they're independent, but the reality is they do have some influence. When you're carrying so much debt, as the government is after this exercise of stimulus for COVID in this pandemic, there will be some influence to keep rates low. Because if rates go up, the cost to service the debt will go up. Right? Yeah. So I think fixed rates might see an increase. I don't think it's going to be significant. I think we will see rates slowly move up, but in relative terms these things are at rock bottom levels like we're still below inflation rates as far as interest rates are concerned yeah that's crazy to think yeah it, it, it's it's unbelievable and you know i always tell people go variable I, I, i'm on the record you know i do the hot property show and i've been doing that yeah. for 19 years yeah i've always been a variable proponent um i believe that the variable gives you tremendous flexibility 
always gives you savings over the long haul. And um, you can lock in at any time if you really want to. So yeah. it gives you a, a, a truly great opportunity to get rid of debt fast, which is something that I believe in. Okay, so the last question that I wanted to ask you is that, is it better to get a fixed or a variable mortgage based on the current market market conditions? And I know you talked about this, but you can basically maybe talk about like what a fixed and variable mortgage is. Now, from my understanding, I think that a fixed mortgage, you like lock in a rate, so that may be good if the rates increase in the future, but uh, I want to hear what you have to say as well. Well, Yash, this is a very common question, and I don't give a simple answer because you're right. You have to have an understanding of what both products do. First of all, with a fixed rate, the benefits is you have one payment for five years because the five-year mortgage is, is traditionally the popular one in Canada. You know, 85% of mortgage holders take a five-year term. It gives you that constant payment. You don't have to worry about it. But here's the problem. The problem in Canada is when people buy for the first time, all they care about is what their payment is and can I get my keys? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Keys, yeah. Right? yeah. So, so all of a sudden, they don't listen to anything else. And what is a mortgage? A mortgage is simply a contract. It's a contract that controls how you repay the debt. And one of the biggest clauses in that contract is your penalty. Your penalty clause is so important that a lot of people lose sight of this. And this is one thing I always stress with my clients with a fixed rate mortgage. Do you know what it's going to cost you if you break your mortgage? And a lot of people think, well, the bank said it's three months interest. It's not three months interest on a fixed rate mortgage. It's the greater of three month interest and interest rate differential. And this is where the problem lies. When you're carrying a half million dollar mortgage, Okay, the interest rate differential today, remember we talked earlier about the, the qualifying rate. Yeah. The qualifying rate for the stress test is based on the average five-year posted rate of the big banks in Canada. That is how they calculate the qualifying rate, which is at 4.79%. But it's artificially kept at that level to calculate the interest rate penalty and this is what the banks don't talk about. So if you're taking a mortgage at 1.79%, okay, which is a five-year fixed rate, yeah, and your differential between the posted rate and what your contract rate is is 3%, let's calculate what the penalty is going to be if you have a half-million-dollar mortgage. And 70 to 75% of people break their mortgage before their term. Yeah. That's a fact. So, you got two, three years left on your mortgage. You have to break your mortgage. You got to move. You need a bigger house. You're getting relocated. Stuff happens. You get divorced. Stuff happens in life that you don't know what's coming. So, you got a $500,000 mortgage with a 3% rate differential, and you got a couple years left on that mortgage. That's $15,000 penalty per year left on the contract. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you got two years left. You got a thirty thousand dollar penalty. Yeah. Like people are choking when they hear what the penalty is. Yeah. So why put yourself in that position? And then what does your bank do? They'll talk you into a blend and extend. Well, don't worry about the penalty. We'll roll it into the next rate. So then the next time you go there, 
looking to refinance or do something, you're not getting the best rate on the board. You're going to pay a premium because they're going to build in the penalty into a rate. They're going to get their money. Banks are in the business to make money. Remember that. With a variable, there is some flexibility because the Bank of Canada sets their, their interest rate policy eight times a year. It doesn't move eight times a year, but that's how many times they meet every year. So the possibility exists that it could go up and down eight times a year. It rarely does, but you have flexibility. Your, your penalty is based on three-month interest. So today, you could get prime minus 90. That's 1.65. You get prime minus 1, maybe prime minus 1.1. One, one. So you're going to be at the 1.5% rate. If you pay a three-month penalty, it's negligible. It's not a whole lot. And this is where I think the opportunity presents itself to buyers, is you're qualifying at 479. Take the variable rate. Lower your amortization, go on bi-weekly accelerated payments, and hammer down your debt, okay? Because yeah. if you could hammer down your debt to the level, half the level you're at, by the time rates double, your interest cost is exactly the same as when you started. So yeah. it's so critical to make sure that uh, you have a plan, you have a strategy, and you speak to a mortgage professional to help you through this process. Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to ask you one more thing. So, like, um, are first-time homebuyers able to purchase, able to get a mortgage if they don't really have a down payment saved, like, by getting a high-ratio mortgage through a bank? Like, is that a good mortgage to get? You need a down payment, right? Okay. With, 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 if you're a first-time buyer, you're going to need 5% if you're buying under half a million dollars. If you're buying over half a million dollars... The insured program is set up where you need 5% of the first half a million bucks. Anything from half a million and a dollar to a million bucks, you gotta, you got to come up with 10% down payment. You know, there, you, you do hear people say, well, you could buy with zero down. You're borrowing it. You're, yeah. You're not paying the preferred rate. Um, you have to come up with closing costs. You know, in Toronto, yeah. it's expensive. Yeah, you could get a first-time buyer credit, but the land transfer tax is still expensive, and you got to come up with your legal fees and your closing costs. So, unless you have a rich parent who's going to give you down payment, <laughs> you need some down payment money to buy a house. Yeah. Okay. All right, Vince. Thank you so much for answering these questions and providing my listeners with some valuable information about mortgages. I appreciate you taking the time to come on my podcast today. Thank you very much, Yash. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. All right. Well, that wraps up the 10th episode in season two of the Personal Finance Podcast. We're off to a great start. Now, I just wanted to say that that episode was awesome. You know, Vince was great. He provided some very valuable information about mortgages. So hopefully you, my listeners, also found it great as well. Now, if you're interested in following Vince or learning more about him, you can follow his socials on Instagram and Twitter as well. As well. So his socials on Instagram are at Vince G Mortgage and on Twitter, it's at Vince Gaetano. Once again, I want to thank Vince for coming on the podcast and to my listeners, there will be new episodes coming out next week. Also share this episode with your family and friends if you found it valuable. It's also important to remember that all information in this podcast provided by the host and guest is for educational purposes only. If you're interested in learning more about a mortgage, you could contact a mortgage broker or agent in your area. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more new episodes.